Society 13 Podcast Network. Redefining Podcasts. Society-13.com I like to listen. History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to the History Ghost Bump New Year's Special 2017. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. Happy New Year, everybody. Yes, Happy New Year. We hope you're not too hungover and that you had a very good time last evening. Today's show is going to be a lot of fun. First of all, we're going to have a little bit of, I guess you could call it, Denise, business at the beginning. And then we'll have a little bit of fun because I told you all I was going to see if I could find a haunted embassy since we're going to be talking about our ambassador program. And guess what? I did. That is very, very cool. Just a warning, this is going to be a definite chit-chat kind of episode. So if you don't like chit-chat, you may not want to listen or fast forward for a while until you get to us talking about the haunted Indonesian embassy. All right. First up, we wanted to talk about a few changes that we're going to be making in the new year when it comes to the show and some of the other particulars that we get into. Yes. So don't anybody freak out. This is for the good. So it's not really a change since people don't like change. It's more like an upgrade. (laughs) All right, Denise, we will call it an upgrade. First of all, we're trying to consolidate a little bit of our efforts on our end. And I've just been wasting a lot of time when it comes to the newsletter, Denise, because we really don't have a point to it. To tell the truth, we started the newsletter for one basic reason, and that was because we needed an easy way to get the show out to our parents. (laughs) (laughs) Because our parents aren't into the new age of how you download podcasts and such, I guess you could see. And they're not into the new age of like channeling crystals either. No, not that either. So we thought, well, this would be an easy way to have our parents get something that they could click on and listen to the show. And so I would sit here and I'd be working on it, trying to think of other things I could add to it. And it just, it's a time sucker. And right now we need to consolidate things. So I was like, the newsletter is going to have to go. So there will be no more newsletter. So if you signed up for it, you won't be receiving that in your inbox anymore. And for some of you, we only had about 40% of the people actually opening it anyway. And then we only had like 10% clicking on anything. So it's no big deal, I would think for most people. Now, one of our big changes is coming to the way we do the show. No, she's not getting rid of me yet. (laughs) No, but you're part of the reason why we are making this change. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Denise works for the Polynesian Village Resort at Walt Disney World. Best resort in the world. As most of our listeners know. And her main job there had been working in the itinerary planning office, which is planning itineraries for people. 
Well, Disney decided that they wanted to take that office and have it in. I keep using the word consolidate tonight or on this show. They decided they wanted to consolidate the itinerary planning offices across the entire resort and bring them all to one central location. And what this would have done is if Denise had decided that she wanted to go do that and continue what she was doing, and then let's say she gets over there and goes, ooh, I hate being cramped in an office. I don't get to hang out with guests and do fun things and wanted to come back to the Polynesian village, she would have lost her seniority. And plus, just going over to that other office, it was more of an office, like a cubicle, and it would have taken me away from my beloved resort, which, I mean, I live for Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, so that would have made me very, very sad. Which left us in a bit of a conundrum, because while we get guaranteed days off together... The times that she works are all over the map, which makes it kind of difficult for us to record, especially with the way we do the shows. Now that we're bringing you guys seven episodes a month, and you probably have forgotten that because, gosh, in October, I think we did 10 or 11. In November, we did, I think, eight because we threw in the Thanksgiving special. In December, I think we did eight or nine, maybe even 10 here in December, too with these back-to-back specials for New Year's, what we normally bring you guys is seven episodes. And in the past, when we did fewer shows, we did them like every five days, and then it was every four days. And I think we're to almost, generally speaking, it's about every three days. Well, there's a timestamp that we have on the episodes, which is our segment called This Day in History. And because that's there, I've always felt pressure to get the show out on that particular day. Otherwise, the This Day in History doesn't make any sense for us to say this day in history when it's maybe the next day or the day before or what have you. So I know some people love this segment. I enjoy doing it, but we just need to remove it so that we don't have that pressure of the show has to go up on this particular day. And we really don't have a set schedule here. We're very loosey-goosey, as most of you have probably noticed. So this way, if we only have two days between shows, or maybe we're going to have to have five days between shows, it's just going to have to work out that way. You'll always get your seven episodes, or if we start getting more executive producers, we'll you know have even more episodes. But that way, we're not feeling pressure that it has to go out on this particular day. If you love that piece of music, email me and I will let you know where you can find it so that you can listen to it if you're going to really, really miss that background music that we use for that segment. The Moment in Oddity is going nowhere. I love that segment. It's one of my favorite things that we do. And I just love finding that kind of stuff out there in the universe. So that's going nowhere. We're probably going to change up a little bit of the way that things go in the center of the show. And you guys have probably noticed that we already have been changing up things. We moved the reviews to the end. Now we've moved a lot of our interaction with you guys to the end. And we pretty much jump right into our content. We're going to continue to do that and jump right into the content and keep most of the other business stuff at the back end. That way we seem to please everybody. Well, in the part of that, of not just wanting to please everybody, but we really wanted to give listener comments and the things that you all were saying the time that it deserved and trying to put it at the beginning, we felt like we were having to shortcut that. So we didn't move you all to the end because you're least important. We moved you more to the end because you're very, very important and we didn't want to shortcut anybody's comments to us and things like that. So we just want to take as much time as we need to do it. And then a few weeks ago, I'm driving in the car. And for some reason, I don't know what made me think this. My brain goes to weird places. But I got to thinking about the little ghost that's in our logo. And I thought, what's his name? 
we've never given that little ghost a name. And he seems like he should have a name. Absolutely. Every little ghost deserves a name. And so I thought, you know what? The best way to go about doing this is to put it out to the Spooktacular crew. And I put it out on Twitter as well and said, what's that ghost name? What, what do you guys think? And as the name ideas started rolling in, my brain started firing off. And I know we have a lot of younger listeners out there. Well, I'm having a feeling that this ghost is going to take on a role that's a little bit more expanded, that's going to have something to do with some of our younger fans out there. We're not 100% sure where we're going to go with that, but you can be sure he is going to have a more active role in 2017. Let me just say that some of the training that I've gotten in writing is children's books, and I'll kind of leave it at that. But Hmm. that's some of the future plans we're looking for. And I also want to integrate him in a way into the show as well. So he's going to be popping up in our show here and there. When it came to names, we got all kinds of great ideas from you guys. We had Boo from Emma, Mary, and Sharon. Brandy and Felicia suggested Bump. Bob and Jeffrey suggested Bumpy. Kristen suggested Spooky. Ginger, I loved this one, suggested Sheets. (laughs) And Colleen had a great one too, Boo Regard. (laughs) Now, Rhonda, we have no idea where this idea came from. Oliver? (laughs) And Michael suggested Georgie. Not sure exactly where that's coming from either. They're good names. Steven suggested Boomer. (laughs) Jenny threw out Drogo and Huey. And I believe she said that those both mean spirit in a different language. Allison suggested Jeepers. Rebecca suggested Spookly. Angie suggested Bumper. We got a lot of derivatives of Bump. And Jesse suggested Benny. Then we had our two top names, and these are the ones that got the most votes because after you guys made your suggestions, I grabbed a handful of them and threw them up on a poll. Overwhelmingly, we had one that was a winner, but the one that came pretty close to it was suggested by Amy, and this was Boomer H. Bump. And what I really liked about this name is it was a full name, and it just sounded like, you know, Esquire. Absolutely, because a ghost can't just have a one name. He has to have all the names, like a pedigree, kind of. Which made me think Victorian. And steampunk, which is right up your alley. The winner was Jen's suggestion, and that was Barnaby. Barnaby. And this got like 59% of the vote. Well, because I like the idea of having a name that has multiples to it, we thought, why not crash these two together? So we did a name mashup. This is a name mashup. So the name of our logo ghost is Barnaby H. Bump. And for people who want to know what the H stands for, is it history or haunted? That is for you to decide. (laughs) We have a lot of great stuff coming in the new year. And what was really fun is for our executive producers, and this is anybody who's giving at the dollar level or above, you guys are invited to come to virtual meetups with us. And a lot of the time we're just having fun shooting the breeze, talking about whatever the particular upcoming topic could be, whether it's Halloween, Christmas, a holiday, what have you. Teaching hula lessons. We've done hula lessons. We've talked about all kinds of stuff. Well, this last one almost turned into a business meeting of sorts, and it was really fun because of that. And I got to thinking, wow, wouldn't it be nice to have more of these virtual meetups become kind of a business meeting? So it makes the executive producers feel like they're more of the planning, I think. Absolutely. 
Well, because of this, we got some great ideas that we're going to implement this next year. Hopefully, if we have the time. (laughs) I get all these great ideas, Denise, and then I burn the candle at both ends trying to get them done. And then I burn the pocketbook at both ends. (laughs) That's my job. Exactly. So what happened is we were talking about, wouldn't it be fun if we could do like some kind of a cookie exchange? We've had you guys exchanging gifts for Halloween and for Christmas. One of the things we always enjoyed doing was this cookie exchange. Well, it's almost impossible to do something like that with us all being in different states, different countries, and then, you know, shipping cookies. You just, you can't do that. And how can we share our cookies with each other? Well, we may not be able to do it physically, but you could kind of do it virtually if you had a cookbook. So we're looking at doing an HGB recipe book for cookies at holiday time. So be thinking about that. But then this also sparked the idea of why not have a recipe book? Yes, because not all of us just want to eat cookies. Some of us like to eat stuff like gumbo and all different stuff. So whatever your favorite recipe is, and then you got to creep out the name. So one of Denise's, definitely my favorite thing that she makes is this potato corn chowder. So a good name for that would be creepy corn chowder. Yes. And then if there is a cultural background to it or a history behind it, maybe it's a family recipe to share those with each other as well as a part of that recipe. And of course, your name would be with the recipe, so you would go down in HGB history. Yes, indeed. The Flash Fiction Contest was such a success, and we had so much fun with it and sharing that with everybody. You can count on that that is what we're going to do for the anniversary show again this year. So already be thinking about what you want to write for that. We'll get you guys prepared nice and early, and that won't even be due until probably sometime at the beginning of September so that we can read through and decide who's going to win and that kind of thing. And along those lines, somebody had asked, hey, have you guys ever thought about throwing all that flash fiction together into a book somewhere? So that's another possibility that we're looking at as well as putting together some kind of fiction book that's your guys' stuff. So then you can all be published authors too. I can't remember who, was it Heather who threw out the idea of doing a calendar? I can't remember who I can't it was remember because either. everybody, they were just like brainstorming. It was so much fun. But we always take these group pictures when we do these meetups and wouldn't it be fun to have a calendar and it featuring pictures from those meetups so that's an idea that we're thinking about of course that would probably be for next year yeah for 2017 that's something we can do in 2018 plus we're going to have a lot of meetups coming up that denise is going to share in just a minute i'm also thinking about an adult coloring book i already have an idea for one that's going to be coming up for the holiday season as well adult coloring book around spooky stuff not other things the really cool thing is, is we're, we've come into ending 2016 and we had an amazing year. Last year, and you guys have heard me talk about this before, but when Denise and I were discussing this last night, it was so much fun. Right now we're getting ready to sit down and write our goals. And I always tell people this is something you guys should all consider doing. Don't write resolutions, write your goals for the end of the year. And think about things and it's, make it something that you really could accomplish. You know, you don't write down, well, I want to win the lottery or something like that. But something that you really feel like you could accomplish that would stretch you a little bit, but is attainable. And something that you can take measures each day to get to that goal that you have. So I always make goals for the podcast. And for 2015, I had wanted us to have 100,000 downloads. 
And as you all know, we doubled that. And we had 200,000 downloads by the end of 2015. And I thought, well, gosh, if we could do that, I'm going to shoot for the stars and I'm going to write down a million total downloads by the end of 2016. Well, we did that and we did it by October. We're ending 2016 with over 1,200,000 downloads. Now, what is really fun about those numbers is when you take a step back and you look at it according to the goals that we've set. When we got to the end of 2015, we had 200,000 overall downloads, and that was like double what I'd wanted. So if we've gotten to the end of 2016 with 1,200,000 downloads, that means we had literally a million downloads for the year 2016. And I'd wanted that to be our total downloads that would have counted from the time we started the show in October 2014 until now. So that to me, Denise, is just amazing. And it's you listeners sharing and listening to the show that got us there, which of course has me shooting for a really big number for the end of 2017. So that's just been a lot of fun. And I never in a million years would have thought that we were going to be averaging now over 100,000 downloads a month. That's just, it blows my mind. And it's a very good way to blow your mind though. Indeed. So those are the plans that we have set that we're looking at doing. Of course, we're going to bring you more interviews. We have a lot of great shows coming and I'm just really looking forward to uh, an awesome year. Denise, why don't we talk about our plans when it comes to meetups before we get into talking about the ambassador program? Okay, so one of the things that was really fun last year, we had quite a few meetups and we met quite a few listeners. And so we thought it might be really fun to just go through the list of our History Goes Bump people that we got to see face to face and do ghost tours with them and such. So we just wanted to kind of run down the list of 2016, starting, I think, our, well, we've done several things up in St. Augustine that's fairly local to us about two hours away. And with those lighthouse tours and St. Augustine tours this past year, we had Julie Brammer with us on, I think, all of the St. Augustine ones. Yeah, I don't think we've been to St. Augustine doing a ghost tour without Julie. <laughs> not, not in 2016, at least. And then um, we also had Dave and Ann's student meet up with us or go up with us. And so those are Diane's parents. And so those were in our Florida here that we got to meet and do ghost tours with those people. Then we went to Colorado and my parts from my side of the family, Kathy Moormeyer, Casey Moormeyer and Ross Moormeyer all did a haunted pub crawl with us. So that was a lot of fun to actually share our love of ghosts on an actual tour with family members there. But we also had a listener meet up with us and that was Miranda. And so it was really fun to have Miranda Hoffer meet up with us to go on that tour and to get to know her. And it was freezing and she still came out in the cold. Not only did she come out, but she came out bearing hot chocolate for all of us. I almost forgot one Florida person. Julie did bring her friend Eric to one of our meetups. So he got to come and meet up with some of us crazy history goes bumpers. And then another tour joining us was Kathleen and one of her friends, Kathleen Carter and one of her friends. So all of those people got to do things in St. Augustine. Then we went to the Haunted America Conference in Alton, Illinois, and we got to meet up with Heather Williams. Tammy McCarroll Burrow was there with her husband, Brian. Cindy Wad and her two sons and her son, Gavin, actually became part of the Spooktacular crew. We saw Felicia Pittman there, and we met up with our fellow podcaster, Patrick Heller, from Big Seance Podcast as well. 
one of our admins that we really wanted to be able to join us at the conference. Work got in the way, but we still got to meet him for dinner. So we also got to meet Josh Wood. And then we also met listener Jessica Kask and her cousin Bonnie, who joined us on some tours and were at the conference with us as well. Then we headed out to the Carolinas road trip in South Carolina. We met Emily and her mom. They came to do a meetup. And that's where we also met Mike Brown, which many of you know from the Pleasing Terrors podcast. He was a listener, a brand new listener, and we just happened to be on his tour. And so he saw our shirts and asked if we were listening to that podcast. And Emily let him know that we kind of were the podcast. And so we struck up a friendship and a conversation and he uh, joined the Spook Crew and Many of you now know Mike Brown and know his voice very, very well. Then we headed over to North Carolina and we got to meet up with Stephen Pappas and Rachel, not even going to try your last name, Rachel. Oh, come on. I've done it. We'll do it again then. (laughs) Zajikowski, I think. (laughs) Okay, but Rachel... We adore you. It's just your name that we have some issues with, as you know, our pronunciations go. But she did meet up with us with her her boyfriend, Tyler. And then we had stopped by the Biltmore and Beth Lale met us there as well as Michelle DePriest. And so we got to hang out at the Biltmore with them. And then we also saw Beth again when she came to Walt Disney World. So we hung out at Epcot with her for a little bit. Yeah, that was just a couple of weeks ago. That was fun. So, but those are all the great people that we got to meet in 2016. And I know many of you have plans to go to the Haunted America Conference already this year. And we're looking forward to meeting so many of you again in 2017. So what is our schedule for these meetups, Denise? Well, first of all, we're always good for a local ghost tour. So if you're coming into town, give us fair warning and we'll try to get something set up. But our first thing that we're going to be doing is in May. And so the the three areas where we're planning on doing tours and spending a lot of time on May 5th and 6th, the evenings of May 5th and 6th will be in Natchez, Mississippi on the evenings of May 8th. 8th, May 9th, and May 10th, we are going to be in San Antonio, Texas. And on May 12th, May 13th, and May 14th, we'll be in New Orleans, Louisiana. So if you're going to be in any of those places, we are planning on doing ghost tours and different things there. And so we would love to meet up with you and meet some more of our listeners. And don't forget, when you do a meetup, you get an exclusive History Goes Bump pen. And we have some fun stuff planned if you go to the Haunted America Conference, which is June 23rd and 24th. And we are planning on getting in there the day before so that we can do something earlier on Friday before the conference starts. We will also be doing a trip on Sunday. We're going to go to the Lincoln Homestead and check that out. So if people are staying over an extra day, you can come hang out with us there or on your way home or what have you. And we are planning an official meet up before and it's going to involve some hauntings, some fun times. And Denise, I'm sure shopping. Oh, and shopping. And I'm actually looking at a fun little giveaway that people who do that will get as well. Oh boy. All right, Denise. Well, we have this ambassador program that you and Jill Phoenix have been working on for several months now, and we're finally rolling it out. And how many do you have? 25 ambassadors right now? Um, I believe so. Let me count. Basically what this is, are these are people who are in areas that we can't be that can help us out when it comes to telling people about different tours in the area. And it's not just ghost tours. I mean, that's the main particular. But we also are looking for other historical tours and places to eat and maybe even things that are dog friendly, 
stuff like that. When people go to an area and they want to know for like us, where's a good place for us to go camping? Is there a hotel that's better to stay at? That kind of thing. So these ambassadors are basically our person in these cities for us to go to and say, okay, we're going to point people in this direction so that you can tell them, well, I did this tour and it wasn't so good. This one's better. That kind of thing. For example, we just had a member of the Spooktacular crew, I think it, Lindsay Barry, had asked about going to Savannah. And she's like, well, what's the best ghost tour to do in Savannah? And I answered since we've been there before. And I feel like the Blue Orb tours there are some of the best. So I let her know that. But if we had somebody in Savannah, I could say, hey, John Smith is our ambassador in Savannah. And let me send your email to him and he can contact you and talk to you a little bit about what's the best stuff there to, to check out. I'm really, really excited about this program. We have some very dynamic people that have stepped up to the plate that are willing to be ambassadors in their area. And so we just wanted to go through and kind of kick off who these people are so you can start to get to know them. And if you don't hear your particular city or area and you're interested, let us know. Yes. So first of all, of course, working with me was Jill Phoenix on this whole thing. It was it was kind of her brainstorm baby to begin with. And Jill Phoenix will be our ambassador for San Antonio, Texas. I need to have like a little applause soundtrack. <laughs> Yay! Woo! Yes. And so she's already going to be called up for, remember I said they're going to be in charge of some of the meetups and things like that. So Jill, guess what? We're coming your way. <laughs> Just announced it. <laughs> and then for Chicago, Illinois, we have Kristen Swintek. So you, you all might recognize her name. She's very active in the Spooktacular crew. Yeah, she was a part of our research crew as well. This name might be familiar to any people who have listened to all the episodes because we will have Pamela Ennis from Pacific Coast Spirit Watch, and she is going to be covering Sacramento. I tell you what, that Northern California area, we have it covered. We've got a lot of ambassadors there. But good for them because now we're looking at trying to get out to Northern California yep. sooner rather than later. Yeah, when Denise started listing through all the ambassadors and stuff, I was like, um, I guess we better go there. Also coming from California is Jamie, I want to say Facenda, and I apologize if I don't get your last names right, but Jamie will be doing Chico, California. Okay, and so also in Northern California in East Bay is going to be Rhonda Borgen. Monterey Bay, Northern California again is going to be Sasha Wolf. And then heading down south to Southern California, we are going to have Leanna Sapien covering Chino, California. So... We have a Chico and a Chino, <laughs> one north, one south. And Leanna was also part of our research crew, too. Yes. Okay, we we're going to have Kimberly Higdon is going to be covering northern Alabama for us. So we do have Alabama covered. And she also stepped up to the plate to take temporarily Louisville, Kentucky and western Kentucky, since that's where she came from. And we don't have anybody there yet. So very cool. Too bad we didn't know about that when we were going to Louisville. <laughs> exactly. The Great Northwest will have Teresa Rowland in Seattle, Washington. And then in Tennessee, near the middle middle Tennessee area, we have Kimberly Yost. Going up to Wisconsin, we have Cindy Wad. And so Cindy's been with us for a while. Southwest Oklahoma and North Texas is going to be Tina Shock And Rachel Z. <laughs> Cheater. Zajikowski, I'm going to say. So there you go. We're going to call you Rachel Z. It kind of sounds mysterious. <laughs> And it's also easier for me to say. <laughs> anyway, Rachel is going to be covering the Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina area. 
Heather Williams, who's one of our admins, is going to take Southern Indiana. Kelly Taylor is going to be covering Phoenix, Arizona. And then Serana Rollins is going to do some of the upstate South Carolina. Sharon Schaefer Spungen is going to be covering Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's up there in the cold. Kathleen Maka, who you also might recognize from the podcast name as far as one of our interviewees, is going to be covering, of course, Galveston and Houston, Texas. <laughs> I think she knows a little something about Galveston. Oh, I, she definitely <laughs> made me want to go to Galveston. Um, Kelly Health is going to be covering East Texas. And then going further away from the United States, we will have Rob Sherfield covering Bishop Stratford, United Kingdom. And I had to ask, it's about 30 miles north of London. Also in the United Kingdom, in the Kent area, it's going to be Alan Tigwell. Steph Giles is going to be taking Scotland, and that's the east area, eastern part of Scotland. Wendy Lachance, Vancouver, British Columbia, and Canada. Jenny Watt has Western Australia. And MK Kim is going to be taking Korea for us. Wow, that is so cool. We've got all those countries. Yes, so I just want to welcome each and every one of you to the Spook or to the History Goes Bump Ambassador Program. And again, both of us want to thank you so much for stepping up to take on the responsibility to help be a great contact for History Goes Bump people as they, History Goes Bump listeners as they travel around the world. I did get bios from all of our ambassadors, so we're very excited to add them to the History Goes Bump website. So it'll be really fun. So you can go on and read a little bit more about the ambassador of the, of the different areas. So that is, is to be coming. And all of our listeners have been such a huge help to us when you guys go to places and you share your pictures or you tell us about locations that are near you or when you make those suggestions to us. One of the things I love about our show is you're not going to hear the same stuff that you're going to hear on other shows. Obviously, we're going to have locations that have been on all the ghost hunter shows on TV and a lot of the paranormal shows. But we get into a lot of obscure ones that I've never heard of before that maybe there's not a ton of information out there about them. And it's because you guys have suggested them. Or maybe it's even because you've had personal experiences there and nobody even knows that the place is haunted. So keep those rolling in. We have a ton and we will get through them. If you haven't heard yours, it's on the list. We'll get there eventually. So you're just going to have to keep listening and keep listening and keep listening. All right. Well, I think we are done with all of the business end of things. So Denise... Do you want to talk about a haunted embassy? I certainly do. In the DuPont Circle of Washington, D.C. stands the Walsh Mansion. DuPont Circle is a historic district that is part of the original old city designed by Pierre-Charles L'Enfant. It remained mostly undeveloped until after the Civil War, when grand homes in a traffic circle were built. The row houses here are in the Richardsonian, Romanesque, and Queen Anne styles. What had been here before the neighborhood was a brickyard and a slaughterhouse. The name DuPont is to honor Rear Admiral Samuel Francis DuPont. Thomas J. Walsh was Irish and he immigrated from Ireland in 1869. He didn't have a dime to his name, but he built a small fortune working as a miner, carpenter, and hotel manager. The fortune almost disappeared during the Panic of 1893. With a little bit of life savings he managed to hold on to, he moved his wife and two kids to Uray, Colorado in 1896. And this is a cute village up in the Colorado mountains, Denise. Have oh, you ever been there? I have not been there, but I've known 
known some people who have and that were from there. And it's like, don't they consider it like the little Switzerland? Yes, this is the little Switzerland in America. And it's because the village of Ure is surrounded by mountains all the way around. So it's almost like the Alps in Switzerland. Very cool. Yeah. So I've been there with my folks. I think I've been everywhere you possibly can be in Colorado, as a matter of fact. So it's very neat. He bought the Camp Bird Mine fairly cheaply because it was thought to be dried up. He struck a massive gold and silver vein. He quickly became a multimillionaire. He moved the family to Washington, D.C. because, hey, that is the place. If you want power and prestige, that's where you go, right? Power and politics. So he moves to Washington, D.C. and he began construction on a massive mansion on Massachusetts Avenue Northwest. Construction there took more than two years and finished in 1903 at a cost of $835,000. And at the time, this was the most expensive home in Washington, D.C. Wow. Henry Anderson was the architect, and he designed the staircase to resemble one found on an ocean liner. So if you imagine the scenes from Titanic, that's the kind of staircase that they had in the house. The house is influenced by, and this is French, and I'm going to butcher it, I know, École des Beaux-Arts in Paris. For those who don't know, like us, what that is, that was the most important center of architectural education in the Western world in the 19th century. The Walsh Mansion has 60 rooms, a grand staircase, a theater, a ballroom, elevator, and a French salon. The family filled it with $2 million in furnishings. Thomas put a gold bar in the archway over the door as a symbol of why he was able to build such a large house. And a fun fact here is that one New Year's Eve bash hosted at the mansion in the 1920s reportedly had guests polishing off 288 fifths of scotch, 480 quarts of champagne, 40 gallons of beer, 35 bottles of liquors, and 48 quarts of assorted cocktails. That is a heck of a party. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you guys imagine last night being at a party where you drank 480 quarts of champagne? Ooh. Oh my God. People were probably rolling down the hill. <laughs> hey, that grand staircase, don't let anybody get near it. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thomas's daughter, Evelyn, married Edward Beale, Ned McLean. His family owned the Washington Post, and the couple moved into the mansion after Thomas passed away. The cursed Hope Diamond comes into the picture here in 1910. Ned bought the stone for his wife for $180,000. She was the last private owner of the diamond. The Hope Diamond is a blue-colored Indian diamond, and the reason it is cursed is because it is reputedly part of a stone stolen from the French crown jewels. And fun fact is I've seen the Hope Diamond, and it is beautiful. I have too. So we obviously have both been to the Smithsonian. Yes. <laughs> the um, Smithsonian, of the Museum of Natural History in the Smithsonian. Indeed. That was a very cool thing to see. Big blue diamond. That's something you never, I, I'd never seen a, any other kind of blue diamond until we went to Alaska. They have blue diamonds up right. there, but nothing like the size of this thing. Can you imagine $180,000? Whew. Well, and the other cool thing about where it's located is that's where all the gemstones are. Mm -hmm. So I love rocks for those who know me. I love rocks and gems. I don't care if they're rough out of the ground or if they've been cut and are pretty in a setting. They're just so pretty. <laughs> 
During World War II, Evelyn let the Red Cross use the home for free. She passed away in 1947 heavily in hawk, and the Walsh Mansion was sold to cover her debts. The government of Indonesia bought it in 1952, and they use it as their embassy. They got a great deal. They paid only $335,000 for it. And remember, it cost $835,000 to build. So that's $500,000 off the build price. That's a pretty good deal, yes. They spent an additional $75,000 to refurbish. They also built an extra building that's on the back end, and it doesn't look anything like the mansion. So I'm kind of glad that it's kind of back away where you can't see it. But they needed some more office space, so they added that in. Now, when they did the refurbishing, they also added two demon-like statues from Bali. And these statues are believed to possess the power to ward off evil and attract good. Ruh-roh. So now you have the Cursed Hope diamond attributed to being a part of this home. And now you have these demon-like statues that are there. It's kind of like the perfect storm. The perfect storm of tempting the spirits. Did the curse affect the McLean family? The McLean's son died in an automobile accident. Ned had an affair, and their daughter died from an overdose of sleeping pills. Staff of the embassy claimed that the building is haunted. It would seem that Evelyn has never left. Her apparition is seen walking the beautiful, ornate stairs. There is also another female spirit here that no one knows who she is, but she appears naked. This ghost was verified and written about by Hans Holzer. So, is the Indonesian embassy haunted? That is for you to decide. See, Denise, I told you I'd find a haunted embassy. Yes, you did. This building is gorgeous. And what's really sad about this area there in the DuPont neighborhood is so many of the grand mansions that used to be there have been destroyed, demolished, and taken out so that they could put these other federal buildings in and other housing and stuff. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? I know that's always like, ouch. Yeah. So not only did I find this and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a neat looking house. But then when you find out the Hope Diamond is connected to it and everything, it's like, wow. And I'm not sure if Evelyn is haunting the place because it's her family's home. If it had something to do with the curse, they think maybe the curse is why she was in such hawk as well. But her husband, the newspaper went bankrupt and they just had all kinds of financial difficulties and such. And I can't imagine what it costs to try to maintain a huge mansion like that. But um, she obviously appears to not want to leave. And if you think about it, I don't really know what the belief is when it comes to Indonesia is mostly a Muslim country. But they also have, I think they put a statue of a goddess or something in the middle area there as well. So they have some Buddhism and Hinduism in there. So they've got a whole mix going on. So I'm not exactly sure where they stand when it comes to ghosts and such, but if you've got their employees there talking about ghosts, I don't know. To me, it gives it a little bit more credence because these are government employees and maybe not necessarily people that believe in such things. And government employees would never, ever lie. Okay, well, <laughs> usually at that level, they're, they're, they're more honest. It's when they get up to the upper levels that yeah. they have a hard time with this thing called the truth. I mean, some embassy staff, I think that you're most of those people are probably okay. I know. I was just making a funny. But, you know, you could be having a, like, instead of Clash of the Titans, you're having a Clash of the Gods if they have a lot of different 
religions. I'm telling you, that embassy could be in all kinds of trouble then. (laughs) And it's right on that. For people who are into conspiracy and all that stuff, you think about the way Washington, D.C. was designed and the ley lines, and it could be a perfect storm. Ooh, look at what we're creating. And now we're going to find out they have a fountain in the back made out of limestone. No, that's just a fabrication, so don't go there. They could. I don't know. I know. (laughs) And water. I mean, I'm sure there's water there, and that's like a conductor. So, see, we just made it even Mm -hmm. way bigger than what they thought it was. Well, Denise, our next official episode is going to be about haunted deadwood. Excited to bring that to everybody. We are looking forward to 2017. It's going to be a great year. And I know one of the commitments that we're making, you know, we ended 2016 kind of on a bummer. I mean, it was like we had people dying and dying and dying like crazy out there with the weirdness, which moment naughty, Debbie Reynolds dying 24 hours after her daughter, Carrie Fisher. That's just almost unheard of. So let's think of 2017 in more of a positive light. And the way to have that positive light out there is by you putting it out there. So we're thinking, focus on love and hope in 2017. And no matter what happens in the world, it can be a positive thing for us. And I just had a a revelation is that Diane always calls me hippie. How many of y'all just agree with me that her last statement was, a little bit on my side of the fence. Are you saying that was hippie-ish? Yeah, let's have love and hope for 27. I like it a lot. I wasn't burning incense while I was saying it, so I don't think that it counts. I could get you some <laughs> Nag Champa. <laughs> Quick. You guys, Happy New Year. Thanks so much for being here with us, and we're looking forward to hanging out with you in this next new year. We wish you all great prosperity, peace, and joy, great health, and every goodness that can come to you in the new year. And just dose it off with a little touch of spookiness. Yes, all the spooky and creepy to you as well. I have been your host, Diane. And this has been Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. This special has been brought to you by our executive producers. Thanks.